0: Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up buddy? Coomer,
1: it's a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat Basketball fan. And folks, do we have a surprise for you.
0: Coomer, what do we have going on today? Hummer, this is a special episode recorded well in advance of the Tulsa game. So if we happen to drop that game, that's the reason we're not mentioning it. Mentioning it, However, we have a special guest in the building. As DJ Envy likes to say, Leonard Stokes is has joined the podcast. We had an, a wide-ranging, honestly amazing conversation with Leonard. What did you say, Hummer?
1: Amazing, simply amazing. Breath took my breath away. It was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, he's just an awesome, transparent, open, candid guest. Lots of great stories. Huggins, Cronin, Brannon. Who else? Who else we got in this? Dermar. We got Dermar talking. We got the
1: whole. We got the whole uh, 2001 squad, I think, being mentioned.
0: It was just, it's an awesome conversation. And before, rather than making you wait any longer, let's go ahead and get to it. Leonard Stokes joins the podcast now. We are now joined by none other than Leonard Stokes himself out of Buffalo, New York. The weekend of the Bills returning to the playoffs to face the Houston Texans. Leonard, appreciate you joining the podcast today.
2: Man, appreciate you guys having me, man. Thanks so much, Zach.
0: Yeah, no problem at all, sir. Um, if if memory serves, you're still, are you still in Cincinnati, Ohio?
2: Yeah, I'm back and forth between um, Cincinnati and Columbus. So I've got my construction and real estate development company um, in Cincinnati. So we've built, you know, we, we did Nipper Stadium. Um, one of the ones that we did not get, which still pains me to this day, was the uh, the basketball arena uh, that went to a competitor company, but we, we usually we partner up a lot with Turner construction. Um, and, you know, we did the Dunham building downtown university station. Uh, I mean, we've built some pretty signature projects uh, throughout town. Um, and then recently launched a venture fund, a um, venture capital fund, uh, which we invest in early stage tech companies. So, um, you know, we're doing some, some pretty good work there, but that is actually based out of Columbus. So I'm splitting time between um, the two cities.
0: Nice. Now it's, it's interesting to think, you know, that we're coming up, I guess we just tr- crossed the 20 year threshold of you moving to Cincinnati, becoming affiliated with the university of Cincinnati in the basketball program. Um, what originally brought you to the university and like, what was the, what was the biggest thing that attracted you to the university of Cincinnati basketball team?
2: Um, to be honest, man, it was just really the, um, the brotherhood, the camaraderie, um, and just, you know, hugs and his style. Um, so, you know, high school, you know, we won two state championships back to back. Um, and then I got Mr. from New York. So there was a lot of winning tradition that I was used to. Um, so I just, you know, I took my visit to UC, uh, me and Satterfield actually came the same weekend. We were really close high school were really good friends. So we took our official visit to UC the same weekend. And, I mean, from the moment we stepped on campus, I mean, there were, you know, the university police. I mean, the students, we were signing autographs. I mean, we were signing, you know, Kenny and I were both in the Slam magazine in high school. You know, people had those magazines. We were signing those. I mean, it was just just the, uh, the fanfare, the hoopla, just the env- the overall environment, man, was just uh you know it was just great. So you know, Kenny and I both committed that
1: same weekend. Did you get to take a pair of uh pair of Air Jordans back back home with you?
2: Um, I did not. That would have been a violation. So I cannot uh, <laughs> I cannot indulge in that, man. The NCAA, man. Those guys are so they get made you, they man, made so. you wait. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we. Are. So yeah, we. Um, I mean, it, the the Jordan thing definitely helped out too. I mean, that was a uh, you know, hugs comes in the housey sisters, big Jordan. Um you know, the big Jordan logo, leather booklet on your, uh, on, on, on the, on the table. And he just says, Hey, I'm not going to pay you. I'm not going to give you any special treatment. You're going to get some nice gear and you're going to get a hard time. And hopefully you work hard enough to either play after or get your degree. So, I mean, it was a, you know, he's pretty real guy.
0: Ah, that's awesome to hear. I actually was curious about that because you think uh, thinking back to your freshman year, I did know you came in as the reigning New York state basketball player of the year beating out kenny satterfield right
2: yeah it was a it was a kenny and i still still talk so um at my place in columbus kenny kenny lives in columbus also um so does steve logan so kenny uh his daughter actually i don't know if you guys know his daughter goes to ohio state she's Mm -hmm. like one of the top recruits in the country so she's playing for the women's team up there so we uh you know, so Kenny, I tease him all the time, like, hey, man, um, you know, you want to come over and, and look at my Mr. Basketball plaque? Because I, <laughs> I have the plaque, I have the plaque hanging up there. But he, uh, and that's my guy, that's my brother, man. So I beat him out. So we, uh you know, we talked a little trash about that. But Kenny was actually the first person to congratulate me when I won the award. So the night before, he and I both, our teams both made the state championship game our senior year. He was class A, we were class B. Um And when I got um, when I found out I got tapped for the award the night before he, uh, he came up to my room, him and Andre Barrett came up, congratulated me. Um, so he was the first person other than my team to, uh, to uh, congratulate me. But, you know, again, we're, 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 good friends in high school, man. You know, he helped recruit me to UC, helped get me to UC, man. And we're, we're still like brothers to this day.
0: That class seems really tight, but it made me think, you know, with all that you came in with accolades, you came in with championships at the high school level, and then your freshman year, you didn't necessarily play as many minutes as you would come to see in your sophomore, junior, and senior years, obviously. Mm. It's similar to what, what Zach Harvey's experiencing with the current right. uh, roster, where you come in, a lot, lots of buzz, lots of hype, and maybe you're not seeing the minutes you expect. How do you, how do you deal with that in that moment? Was it challenging for you, or was it something that you knew was just a matter of paying your dues?
2: Um, as a competitor, you know, you always want to be out there. Um, You know, just to kind of prove to yourself and, and keep that confidence up, but I tell you the one thing about that team was we were so close knit. everyone knew that every there was never any question if anyone was good enough. You, you know Kenyon was the top guy, and he would just always tell me like, Hey, you know, next man up, when it's your turn, just be ready. you know, hell, you're Mr. Basketball, you you know, you Kenny and Demar like the top freshman in the country. Just, just stay ready. I mean, he was always – Kenyon was a great leader. I'll tell you that. He was a great leader. Um, and we just – you know, we all follow. So we were extremely close. So there was never any – you know, you get on some teams where there's kind of chippiness where a guy's not playing and then guys are making comments. Can he really play? Is he really that good? I mean, with us, there was never that. We were all brothers. I mean, Jermaine Tate was great. Ryan Fletcher. All of those upperclassmen were really, really great when it came to us as younger classmen. Um, and they, they really – um, you know, they really you know, they really held us down. Man, I'll tell you one story, man. We were in uh, Milwaukee getting ready to play against Marquette. And this is pre-Dwayne Wade. This is Dwayne Wade was prop 48, so he couldn't play at the time. He was sitting out, and you were hearing all these stories about hey, Marquette has this guy that's gonna be an all-American, he's sitting out. So we were getting ready to play up there, and um we're practicing at the at the Milwaukee Bucks at their arena. At their practice facility, and uh, something happened with, with Satterfield where he didn't know the play. So Huggins kicks him out, kicks him out of practice. Get out! <laughs> kicks him out. So he turns around. Something happens with DeMar. You two, you don't want to play either. Get out! So when you get kicked out of practice on the road, you would get sent home on a bus. Oh, so wow. That, so listen. So Donald Little, we played Oklahoma. Donald Little got kicked out of practice, and Huggins sent him home on a bus. We played in the game the next day, and flew home and beat Donald home um, from Oklahoma. So we knew when we got when you get kicked out of practice, you're taking the bus home. So he kicked he kicked DJ out, and he goes, Lenny, run the point. So Steve Logan is on the defending defending me. He was like, Lenny, you're starting tomorrow at the point. Run the point. So he's like, he calls a play. And I don't know the play from the point guard position. I know it from the, the wing. I don't know it from the point guard position. And it was just happening so fast. So I look at Kenyon, and Kenyon's trying to help me out. He's like waving to br- to bring the ball over to him. So I just run over and I throw it to Kenyon. And Hugs is like, he doesn't know the plays either. Get him out of here too. <laughs> and then we get in the locker room and we're all like, damn, man, we're getting ready to go home on the bus. And then our, our trainer comes in and is like, hey, man, Come on, man! I'm gonna take you guys back, back out. Hugs, hugs. asked for you guys to come back out. But Kenyon had went to him and said, "Listen, we're not gonna win this game without these guys." He was like, "We need them. They have to play. You can't send them home. You know, they'll, they'll, I'll get them under control." So Kenyon saved us from a from a long bus ride from. Um, well, it wouldn't have been as bad as Donald's bus ride. It was just only up the road to Milwaukee. But <laughs>
1: I feel like that seems like the like the quintessential Bob Huggins story.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're. You're you're out of here, man. Especially as a freshman, you know. You know, by the time my senior year came, he, you know, hugs said nothing to me. It was more like, "Hey, Lenny, if you're tired, come out of the game, and when you're ready, just check yourself back in, and you know things like that, man." So he he was a good, you know. When you're when you're older, he does, and you're established, he doesn't really say much to you because he expects you to do what you're supposed to do. But when you're young, oh my goodness, man, he he yelled at all of us, me, Satterfield, Johnson, I mean everybody. We all. It was equal, man. We all got yelled at.
0: He he spends the first couple of years laying the groundwork to kind of get you to the point where he's trusting you by that junior and senior year, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, correct. That's exactly what it is, man. And I told him, you know, now that we're adults, I say, man, you're like a wrestler, man. Like, that was just your, you know, like, you know, ultimate warrior, and these guys have this, Hulk Hogan have this big deal that they do, and I'm like, dude, you're a wrestler. You're basically a wrestler, man. That was your deal with the yelling screen, but it was really all in that. And then he laughs about it, man, so...
0: Do you keep in touch with Huggins anymore? Have you been able to, like, go to yeah. spend time at a West Virginia practice and see the culture around there?
2: Yeah, I was there over the – I usually go to two or three games a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad actually passed away in July. Um, coach uh, Coach Baker, who's with the 76ers, he wrote a great letter. And then Coach Huggins wrote a great letter. Um, and they wrote, read both those letters at my dad's funeral. So um, I talked to the Hugs. They beat <clears> – <throat> last time I talked to him was after they beat Ohio state last week. Um, I spoke with him then. So I usually go down for a couple games. Um, I stay at his place. Um, you know, they're, they're, they, I mean, you would think that <clears throat> we played at West Virginia, the treatment we get when we go down there. I mean, the athletic director's great. They sit us right on the floor. Um, if we need anything, you know, they, they tend to take care of us, man. So he's created a, a family atmosphere there as well. We get along with all their former players. Um, they're all those guys are all good. You know, they all know who we are. Um, we have a good relationship with most of those guys.
0: Nice. Well, sorry to hear about your father passing. Um, I appreciate that. That's tough. That's tough. You know, I did. The reason I asked about your relationship and keeping in touch with Huggins is because from afar, it does seem like there's a softer, gentler Huggins than there was oh, back yeah, when yeah. he was coaching. UC. see, yeah. um, do you think that's a matter of him just kind of aging into that? Or is it just kind of adjusting to the times and learning how to coach, you know, the, the famous millennial class?
2: I think it is a mixture of, uh, of both. I, I know it pains him to um, coach that way with the, with the, like you said, with the millennial group, but you can't yell and scream at, you know, the, at these kids, man. They just don't respond to it. So Eric Martin tends to run a lot of the practice. Huggs kind of oversees a lot of that stuff, man. But he's, you know, he's, he steps in when he needs to um, and he coaches, man. The thing about Huggins, man, is his knowledge of basketball and his motivation to the big games with being the underdog is unbelievable. I mean his his that's why he wins a lot of those games um where they're not expected to win. I mean that week in practice those few days he just motivates you to where you'll you'll run through a wall to get done what you need to get done during that game but uh but yeah he has uh he has softened up a little bit. I tease him a little bit about that. Um, he, he's definitely softened up.
0: Is it like a nobody believes in you kind of thing, where he's telling you guys nobody thinks you can do this, uh, or ha- like what are the what what's the motivation like? Can you share any sort of examples? Yeah, so I mean, um,
2: you know, you play, and he just you know he'll t- he'll tell you like uh, you know there were games where we're getting ready to play Dwayne Wade, and he's like Lenny, this guy's gonna be an NBA Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, you're not that far off talent wise with him. He's gonna bring it. You got to bring it. Um, you know, the best man's going to win, you know, this is what you need to do to stop him. And I mean, you get in practice, you do what's right. And he's like, yeah, Lenny, that's the way, you know, he's not going to do that stuff on you. I mean, he motivates, I mean, oh, he wow. finds a way, he figures out a way to motivate you the way that he needs to. I mean, even with Kenyon, like Kenyon's senior year, something will happen. He's like, Hey Ken, block that, block that shot. Start the fast break and let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's get a dunk at the other end." I mean, he's, he, he will motivate you, man. He's, he's really good with that.
1: Speaking of, uh, of players and being motivated, you know, going into this season, we were hearing a lot about Chris McNeil and how fantastic mm-hmm. he is from a, in practice and, and being that guy that nobody can stop in practice. Mm-hmm. Who was the guy who could not stop you in practice?
2: So I'll, I'll give you two examples. So one is, uh, my freshman year, I was up against Pete Michael quite often. Right. So Pete Michael, we, we talked about him a little bit before the podcast, um, Pete is a uh, Pete was known to uh, foul you extru- uh, an an absorbent amount during practice, right? So my freshman year, I'm just Pete Hugs is like Lenny, you gotta get the ball, you gotta score. You're here to score the ball, and I'm like looking at Hugs like, man, this dude is fouling me like ninety going west right now. I can't score the ball, but that you kind of got to go through that, and then once I after that, um, you know, it was it was younger guys, so you know, I could in practice, I would you know, we would. Our team would dominate, so, you know, it was a starter team, Logan, myself, you know, I would score. So, you know, we have our mean Kirkland, um, James White had to sit out the one year, but James practiced. So, you know, I would score it against James. So we had a we had a really good group. McElroy was a uh, Emmanuel was there also. So I got to sharpen my tools up playing against him because he's probably the best defender I ever played against in my life. Um, and it was great having him alongside the other wing. That's what made us so good our junior year when we were number one in the country was he was on one wing defending. I was on the other wing defending. And that's why we always had the number one field goal defenses because we would just take people out of the game. I mean, we were uh, we were that good. But um, the the person who dominated the most was Steve Logan. I've never I never seen anything like like it before. Like I've never seen. Ken, Kenyon was there. I watched Kenyon. Um, the thing that would happen with Kenyon would be guards will be at one end Doing individual work because Huggins was real good with that. You get your individual work in. So the guards would play three on three. We would do things. You got to get stops. The big guys would be at the other end. And literally, the ball would just come flying down to our end every time because he would block the shots. Um, so we got to see that. But as pure dominance and scoring the basketball, I've never seen anything like, like uh, Steve Logan. Steve Logan would score. I mean, I blocked Steve Logan's shot maybe twice in my three years that I played with him.
0: And he's what five ten on a good day? And,
2: and he's five ten on a five uh, ten with high heels on, man. That's what I'm telling <laughs> man. He's a five ten with high heels on, but he's a uh, yeah. He he. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. The way um, he he could score the basketball, it was unbelievable.
0: How do we start a movement to get UC to put his jersey in the rafters? That's what that's what I that's what I need to see.
2: Yeah, we um. I think we're we're all, and I don't know how it's you know we're all we all talk. I don't know how it's not. I mean, he did. Right. He was first-team All-American. He, he did everything he was supposed to do to get the jersey up there. I think um, mm-hmm. th- the one thing I could tell you guys um, is that, you know, Mick was, was good, was great for the program. I think Mick was focused really on winning games, um, and he's really good at that. Um, but I think Brennan is really good with um, just cohesiveness, um, with, you know, the way he has embraced the former guys, um, is really amazing to me. Um, and I think he's the culture that he's bringing, um, is, is more of a family, you know, history, you know, guys should know who everyone, you know, who we all are so that we can help them. Um, and I think he's doing a really good job with that. And I can't wait until he gets his, his guys in and he can, you know, coach up and recruit and do the things. I think he's going to be amazing. Um, I love his style. I love, you know, the energy he brings. I love his humbleness. I just love everything about, um, coach Brennan, but I think, you know, I think Logan, I think Brennan will be a guy that, that, that can say, Hey, we need to put Logan's it, 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 that thing needs to be up there. A bigger,
0: um, a bigger advocate, basically we, someone correct. advocating for the alumni. I'm actually, I'm going we'll to start the movement. Well, since he's slang it'll help start the movement. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We
2: need yeah, to, def, it, it definitely needs to happen because he did, I mean, the, the requirement is first-team All-American, and he was clearly first-team All-American. Yes. Um. So I don't know. You know, we're trying to figure out what you know what uh was taking so long, man, to get that thing raised up, man.
0: Well, we're gonna go ahead and get the hashtag #Retire22 after this podcast is released next week. I I made yes, notes sweet. here. I made a note about the fact that when you joined the program in '99, uh, it's under Huggins, but Mick Cronin is on staff, and so up mm-hmm. until this re- this year. At your all of your affiliation with the, the UC program has been under the Huggins umbrella where it's assistant Correct. coaches who, who who used to work for Huggins. This is the first Correct. year where that's not the case. I actually thought that was going to be a potential challenge for Brandon was to re-engage the alumni base, get the, the old players back engaged in the program because I actually want to see you guys around more often. I don't I feel right. like with other universities you sometimes see former players, on campus at big games at big moments more often than we have in past years. It sounds like you see that heading in a different direction now.
2: Yeah. And I think, um, so that, that from our side, I don't want to get too political about it or, you know, throw anyone under the bus, but from our side, you know, we all have friends that played at other big universities, right? Like we've got friends that all played at Duke. We know the guys from North Carolina. We know the guys from Tennessee, we know the guys from, you know, UCLA. All, the, all of these guys are, we're all in a brotherhood, right? So we watch the treatment of those guys, and we would voice that to, you know, we would say to Mike Bone, hey, Mike, this is not, you know, we would, we would go to games, and we would literally sit in the 300 section. Like, that's where our tickets would be, in the three. And I would tell these guys, like, hey, let me know where you're going to sit us, because if you're going to sit us up there, I'll buy my own seat. Like, I don't, we don't have, I don't have a problem with that, but no, we're going to take care of you guys. And then we would literally like last year when we played in Columbus, we get to the game and Steve Logan, myself, Ryan Fletcher. I mean, we were, Logan will tell you, we got dizzy. We were sitting up there. We walked down. And when we got down, we bumped into Ron Slay who played at Tennessee. Ron Slay was my teammate in the NBA developmental league. Uh, Me, him, Brandon Knight from Pitt. I mean, those guys are, we're like brothers. I mean, I was in Brandon's wedding. Whenever I go to Nashville, you know, I, I, I get with, with Slay. He's one of my guys. And Slay looked and was like, hey, where are you guys sitting? We're like, we're up there. He was like, how do they sit <laughs> arguably the best backcourt in UC's history in the 300 section? He was like, come sit with us. He walked down, got two tickets, and we sat in the third row with the Tennessee group. I mean, that is the treatment. But I think Brandon is bringing that, Brandon is bringing that back. I mean, we went to the Ohio State game. Um, the opener, myself, Steve Logan, Kenny Satterfield, we sat first row right next to the bench. Love it. Um, and he's he's a guy who's champions. That. He's like, hey, you guys built this program. This is what it's like at other universities. He's a former athlete himself, so he gets and understands that. So um, it's amazing to see that, and I think you will see a lot of guys back Um as he starts to make a push.
0: I love it. Yeah. There's, it's small gestures that can go incredibly far. I went to bearcat madness. Exactly. They finally brought yeah. bearcat madness back. I uh, love to see it. Mm-hmm. Cause as a diehard, you just want to, you want to see the team as early as you possibly can. It's an exciting event. Yeah. And I, 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 imagine this wasn't intentional at all, but a, a small tweak I make is when Steve Logan's in the crowd, like he was that night, uh-huh. when James White is in the crowd, like he was that night, mm-hmm. take a moment, pull him on the court, make sure everybody knows they're in the arena. Because it, yeah. we're there as a celebration, not just for this year's roster, which is definitely yeah. the primary focus, but it's a celebration of Cincinnati right. basketball. And we have, when we have Bearcat Legends right. on campus, in the arena, let's celebrate that.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I think what it, also, what it also does is that it gives the guys that are there now kind of a bar to say, okay, that's James White. Wow. You know, if I'm going to be great, here's what I've got to do to be like James. It gives those guys, you know, it gives those guys a marker to say, OK, here's the here's the precedent that's set here. I've got to reach this level. And it just uplifts everyone. Right. I mean, and that's what we're all here to do. We we want to see those younger guys do better than we did. We want to see the program back at its peak. You know, that's what we're all here for, um, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all Bearcats. Right. When we all get together. And we lose, we lose together. We're, You know, we're, oh, man, we can't believe we lost that game. Kenyon says that. You know, DeMar says that. We're all on calls together. We win. We're like, hey, man, good win for us. You know, so we all win and lose together. When we're all together, we talk trash together. I mean, when we're, those guys all play in that big three league, when we all get together, we talk trash to all the other schools. You know, Michigan State, all those guys about how lucky they were that Kenyon got hurt, that they won the championship that year. Um, So we all trash talk. So, you know, seeing UC... And that, you know, getting back to the peak is what we all want, and we all want it together, along with the fans, because we're fans now.
0: Yeah, Michigan State has the first championship in NCAA history that actually has an asterisk by it. I mean, there's uh, – I think in the Basketball Hall of Fame, they they actually put an asterisk by it. Don't fact-check that, but I'm pretty sure it's true.
2: Yeah, we tease those guys all the time. Yeah, Exactly, exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, you sound like your your initial impressions on uh, John Brandon and the new staff and new style are positive. Have you had a chance to go to practice? And-
2: um, I like it. I think uh, I think there was a kind of a shift in culture, which led to kind of a mass exodus of some of the guys. Um, you know, I think Brennan's a guy who is a little different coaching style than Mick, um, and Mick got it done his way. Um, limiting possessions, slowing the game down, focusing on defense. Um, but Mick is a great coach. I'm not, you know, he's, he's a great coach. He's, he's really smart, knows his stuff. Um, I think Brent is a little bit more offensive-minded um, when it comes to getting up and down, moving without the ball. Um, there's a lot of differences in those styles, and I think um, a lot of those guys did not want to uh, play in that style because, you know, it was, you know, you got to move as quick. You know, you got to make decisions. You got to, you know, I love Brennan's offense because it reminds me of what we, run, what we ran under Huggins is, you know, you've got to read. You know, if you're coming off and there's a ball screen, get the ball to the spot and make a basketball play, make a basketball decision. Um, and then once it goes through the net, we're going to press, we're going to be in your face, we're going to run and jump, we're going to track. Um So you've got to be in real shape. And I think uh, the one of the shocking things to me was the first practice he ran, I was there, how out of shape a lot of those guys were. Um, it was that was that was kind of eye opening to me, and I think at that point, a lot of guys made a decision to say, Hey, I'm not gonna do this for an entire year, I'm gonna try, I'm just, I'll just transfer.
0: Wow. <laughs> so, so, you actually, it sounds like you thought the it wasn't when he got hired, it's actually once they got in practice with him, there might have been a reaction to that style and what the new culture might be. And from there, the decision was made, Yeah, maybe I'll take it, take my talents elsewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that, I think that's what's um what's happened, man. I think, uh, you know, though, you know, and, and, you know, hopefully all those guys do well, um, at their respective universities where they are now, but, uh, I, I think Brennan's going to be, I think he'll be just fine. And I think, uh, you know, he's done well, um, you know, Cumberland struggled a little bit early and I think that's, you know, when the coaching style changes, the game changes a little bit. Um, but I think as of late, you know, we had a good win, um, a couple of days ago, uh, that was, that was, a good win. So, you know, we win and then we, you know, we take a step forward and then we take one back. I think if we can put together um, a string, um, I think we'll be, I think we'll be okay. And you'll start to see some of those guys get their confidence up. Um, McNeil, is, McNeil is one of the guys who I think can be a star. I mean, I talked to him after a couple of games, the Ohio state game. I think he's one of those guys who, if he can come off those ball screens and just knock down that 15 to 17 foot jump shot when he comes off initially, I think that'll start to open up a lot of things, Um, but um, I I really like this game. You know, I talk to Trey Scott all the time. I've talked to Trey his entire career here, same thing with uh, with Jaron. I mean, those guys, I've watched those guys grow up, Um, so it's, you know, it's good to see – it's good to see their passion. Um, I talked to to Trey the other day, um, and he's still – you know, he's who he is, man. He's passionate. He's a high-energy guy, um, and, you know, he just wants to win. All those guys want to win, so, you know, they – They'll call and say, Hey, what am I doing? Should I do should I do this differently? Or what can I do better? Um, Coach Brendan actually texted me and said, Hey, you need to be around more. We need to see you in practice. You know, now that uh now that January's here and I've got the end of the year stuff done with my companies, um, I'll be around a lot more. But you know, getting those texts from him, um, texting him back and forth is 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 pretty good, man. Uh, you know, you know, he'll lose a game and I'll say, Hey coach, keep your head up, you know, good win. You guys are fighting. Um, the energy's there. You know things will things will get better, and he'll text back some good stuff, man. So the the staff over there is great. I think they're I think they'll be fine, um, as well as the the players, man. Like we say, you know, we just want to see those guys do well. I man, they're younger guys; they have the the world in front of them. You know, they they they've got a lot of a lot of life ahead of them. Um, and we, you know, we just want to see those guys do well.
0: So you mentioned Chris McNeil; he obviously had some early season struggles in terms of the jump shot and. Uh, the Bowling Green game did a lot of damage to his confidence in terms of shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. Micah yeah. Adams-Woods has since taken his spot in the starting lineup, another Western New York product. Mm-hmm. How uh, how involved are you still in terms of Western New York basketball? Is he someone that you knew of as he was coming up? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I I'm sharing that stuff, man. And I like to uh, <clears throat> get to know the kids and then get to know their parents at games. So I'll start to spend some time and talk a little bit about um, – you know the weather the snowy weather up uh up there once once I get a little bit more acclimated with his family but um yeah he's uh, he's good man he's, he's 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 got catapulted into the lineup and he's been able to hold the fort now um you know he's, he he's got to be good man there's nothing to do up there man it's too it's, it snows all the time you got to be a gym rat man up up in uh up in western new york man but uh, I th- I think he's doing well though and I stay I stay pretty in tune with uh with um with with the group, Tennessee has a uh, has a kid out of Buffalo. Tulsa had a had a kid a, a, a few years ago, um, out of Buffalo. My little cousin actually just signed with the uh with the Grizzlies. Um, Ahmad he played at a he played at a, a smaller school. Um, so they're cranking out some talent. Um, a little talent out of out of Buffalo. But like I said, man, there's nothing to do up there, I man. It snows nine months out of the year, man. So you got to stay in the gym up there.
1: That's awesome. Well, it seems too with, with recruiting. You know, Brandon did just uh, sign Tahari Tari Eason out of out of the West Coast. So it seems we're branching out in our our recruiting our responses too. Living out in Philadelphia, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier. Whenever I tell someone I'm from Cincinnati, they give me that look of almost like, "Oh, well, we saved you. We took you away from Cincinnati." What? what? <laughs> and I'm looking and I'm like, "Cincinnati's <laughs> not that bad. It's it's well, not all cornfields uh... and." <laughs> um, <laughs> What are they? Like when, when when you have a coach coming in and they're selling you on you know the brand, the history, you know the, the the camaraderie. How are they selling you on the city of Cincinnati? Is that something that they're talking about? Is that something they, they leave out for you? Is it, what what are some of their selling points? Say, hey, Cincinnati, come check it out. Um,
2: I think I think it was a little a little different when it, um, during the Hugs era, right? Because you know we're on TV all the time and number one in the country. You know, you're sponsored by Brand Jordan, so you know everything was was basically there. If you were being recruited by UC, it was one of those things where it was like, you better say yes. <laughs> you know, it was a you know one of those things. But I think with um, you know, I think Mick did a really good job with getting guys in. Um, you know, kind of those three star guys and turning those guys into, you know, and fitting the system. Um, that that worked. Um, I think Brendan's going for a little. Brendan's going for a little bit. Um, he's shooting a little bit higher on the uh, star level with the guys, but he's, he's able to get those guys in. But I think from a, you know, being a guy that was recruited <clears throat> at a high level, I think, you know, you, your belief is in the coach at that point, right? Because, you know, you're going there and it's like, Hey, this guy's going to coach me for, you know, the next four years up to the next four years. Do I believe in him? And do I believe in what he's telling me? Um, and I think that's where the decisions, are made. I mean, the icing on the cake is when you get there and all those kind of extra things where the city's great, you know, you can move around. But I think the one thing about UC is it's an urban university, right? It's in the middle of the city. Um, so you can get to and do things as you need to. Um, but I think, you know, the belief mainly with those decisions are made because you're believing in a guy in the, uh, in the swivel, right? You're believing in, a, in, the, in the coach.
0: That's a great point. Because, uh, you know, preseason, Hummer and I were arguably a little bit too bullish on what the results would be for the Bearcats this season. And in Mm -hmm. hindsight, looking back, I think what we didn't give enough credence to is the fact that the players that are returning from the prior year, all of them are recruited by a completely different coach and a coaching staff. And Mm -hmm. we like to think, you know, as a from a fan perspective, that players are coming to the university based on the university, based on the city. But at the end of the day, the make or break is the coach. You know, even with Duke, even with North Carolina, Correct. the institution is huge, the brand is huge, but it's really the coach that is the face of the program and that makes the difference in terms of how how you engage alumni, how players feel Correct. about their experience, and who wants to actually come play.
2: Correct. Yeah, that's one thousand percent spot on. I mean, if you look at any great perennial um, university, I mean, it, you know, you look at Alabama, Clemson, um, you know, LSU, those schools for football they, you know, those guys in the driver's seat are who, you know, they're they're bringing in the recruits, they're being believed in, and then they just plug into a system that continues to feed a machine. Um, and I think once you can kind of get into that groove and that flow, um, it, it, you know, it just, you know, it just repeats, it's rinse and repeat. And I think, um, you know, Brennan will get to that point um, as a coach. I, you know, like I said, I love the style. I love what he's doing. Um, I love the embracing of the former guys um i think he's putting together a, a really good package to build something special
0: that's excellent and i've heard you allude to what was the quote unquote bad boy's reputation of the program nationally back when you were a part mm. of the program mm. i'm almost curious though did huggins actually embrace that bad boy's image like did he yeah. you know rather than sure. rather than kind of fight it did he actually own it and, and like it
2: for sure i mean we all did right so we we our whole thing was was kind of, um, I don't want to say bully, but the intimidation factor with us was was real deal, right? So we would travel and we would wear sweatsuits. We would wear our black Jumpman sweatsuit. That was our travel gear, right? So we're going to, you know, we would, we would, we would uh, play in these tournaments. Like my freshman year, we played in the grade eight, which was in Chicago. We played against North Carolina um, when we beat North Carolina. But we get there, Kansas is there, North Carolina is there, Duke's there, all the top schools, and we're, you know, we're ranked number one in the country. We walk in, and we walk in in black sweatsuits. All those guys have on, blazers with ties, and they're just looking at us like, oh, my God. And then they would tell us, like, man, you guys get to wear sweatsuits? Oh, my God, that, that's amazing. But we kind of fed into that, Uh, you know, we kind of fed into that, Uh, you know, we hugs was the leader, right? He set the bar, he set the tone, and then we all just, you know, we all just followed it. Fantastic. And then he made us practice for so damn long anyway, man, so I don't know how he thought we'd we'd be able to wear those suit and ties anyway, man, because by the time we got done with practice, we were in a scramble to get to a bus, so the quickest thing to wear was a sweatsuit.
1: <laughs> Guys, we're not going to put you in a suit and tie. We want you to get on the court as fast as possible, so just yeah. uh, wear your yeah. gear, and yeah. when you get there, don't even bother going to the locker room. Get straight to the exactly.
2: court. Exactly. Straight to the court. Exactly. We're going to be here for three hours anyway, man, so just get here.
1: So... <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome Oh. so when you're when you're traveling you know you're playing college basketball you're all over the country some crazy stuff has to happen when you're out on the road the hotel rooms whatnot what is one of your probably your, <laughs> I, I don't it doesn't i don't need i don't need rated r yeah. you know yeah, but yeah. yeah. what, are, what yeah. are some of your good stories what's the what's some of the juicy stories
2: <laughs> so I'm gonna give you the best i'm gonna give you the best story from all of us right every guy will co-sign the story right we uh we go freshman year, we play Boise, Idaho. We play we play Boise State and Boise, Idaho. So we get there and we're all like, oh my God, we gotta fly to Boise. You know, this is a joke. This is gonna be the worst trip ever. You know, because if we did win, hugs would treat you like no. He's like, okay, you guys win, you know, you can you can go out, go to dinner, you know, do whatever you're gonna do. We would get per diem, things like that, right? So we go out and we get to Boise. First, we go see the field, you know, the kind of the turf, that that, uh, greenish, bluish, whatever, man. That thing was crazy to see in person uh, because it kind of, you know, you think you're hallucinating when you're watching it. Right. So we go. We see that. We do like a little tour. We go to practice. We go to shoot around and then we get in the game and we absolutely destroy boys. We beat them. I mean, everyone had a good game. I mean, I had like eight points. Kenya had 22. Demar had a good game. I mean, front to back as a team, that was one of the better wins. We all played well. So we're all happy. We get to the locker room. And hugs is like, all right, you guys won. You know, have fun. Uh, The bus leaves at 7 a.m. So we all go out that night, man. And I'll tell you what, Boise, Idaho was the best (laughs) trip (laughs) (laughs) of my college career, man. We had a great time. And we all made the bus in time by uh,
0: by seven a.m. Man. That's when so. you officially became a man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. It was Kenya. It was Kenya's twenty first birthday, by the way. Oh, he God. turned twenty one. So I mean, it was a you know, it was a it, it was a it was a good trip, man. I will tell you guys a little bit off off air, man. But it was a good trip, man.
1: <laughs> Too much. Yeah, I definitely want to hear some more of that one. <laughs> it sounds like it's a, going in the direction of our trip to. Uh, New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl
2: oh man <laughs> I heard that trip was good for everyone man I heard that was a I heard that was a, that was a really good was that the trip when um when Brad when Kelly left the team was that yeah Kelly, okay, Kelly left okay. it
1: before right before that game right before that game yeah yeah <laughs> that was Tebow's, yeah, that was that was
0: Tebow's final final college game I think right yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't like talking about the actual game but you know <laughs> yeah. everything surrounding the game.
2: <laughs> everything yeah everything was i heard a I heard a couple i won't you know i won't name any names but i heard a couple of the guys uh once coach left said hey Coast Coast left i'm gonna party a little bit uh a little bit extra tonight man i heard that's why we uh that's why we didn't have a good showing um, it. during the game <laughs>
1: well
2: <laughs> yeah but i mean it's uh you know those are i mean those are times man that you know i'm 38 years old now we look back at that stuff and it's just like Hey man, this is a you know, this, this the time of your life is a is a is college man, but I, I'll tell you the one thing also that was uh that was unique was um watching all the guys. You know, I was I was you know, I would go out in the summers and work out in Denver with uh Kenyon and Damar Satterfield, we Ruben Patterson, we'd all be out there in the gyms together, um, you know, working out and training over the summers. um out there, so I mean, we we've I'll tell you, man. We've got to spend some extended time together. And what 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 is weird about it is when you're 18 years old and you're fi- trying to figure out life, you have no idea the twists and turns that are going to happen. But you know, we, you know, we we did college together, and then guys were you know trying to make pr- the pros and making the pros and playing together at that level, and still having relationships that we have you know, 20 years later is amazing. I mean, you know, Kenyon, you know, I remember I w- when I was playing in the Developmental League, Kenyon had a Reebok contract. And his Reebok contract, he made sure that they sent me sneakers to, you know, to my team. Like, he was like, hey, Lenny, when I get gears, send it to Lenny. So, I mean, he would send me boxes of sneakers and sweatsuits and everything, man. So, you know, same thing with DeMar. I would go out to visit him. And, and I will go visit Kenyon in Denver. DeMar's there. You know, we would all... Go out to eat. I mean, you know, DJ's here. We just spent New Year's together. I mean, so just to have that camaraderie when you are all competing against each other and practice at eighteen, nineteen years old, and then you know to be twenty years later and still have those same bonds and look back and just to tell the stories and say, "Hey, you remember this trip? We did this and did that." I mean, it's it's, it's just amazing, man. And it's you know, we Demar and I talk about this a lot. Coming from some of the environments where we grew up to be where we are in life now, have these bonds and these relationships um it's just you know it's, it's it's irreplaceable man it's you know it's a it's a great thing
1: you now have me picturing uh kenya martin sitting with his agent and they're looking at the rebox deal and they're saying this looks good but there there's one thing missing, man. there's one thing there's one thing right, i need you to put it in anytime you send me gear, you need to send it
2: also <laughs> i think i don't think it went that way i think it went more like hey i have get I get this exorbitant amount of gear. Hey, you're sending me this gear. My, my little bro plays in the D League. Send him some stuff too, man. I, I think it was more of a charity case than uh, than anything else, man. <laughs> I like the picture at the line in the contract
1: that says. <laughs> that's good
2: stuff, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we uh we all had that brotherhood, man. And that's the that's the thing that hugs created, um with our environment, man. Is we're all. I mean, I I go to L A probably once. Or twice a quarter, and every time I'm out there, I text Kenyon, Hey, I'll be in town. You know, I go to his house. His wife cooks. You know, we eat. Man, we have a really good time, man. Um, you know, son KJ is playing really well. Um, Kenyon just actually his birthday was a few days ago, so I talked to him on his birthday. Uh, but we're you know we're all a pretty close, tight knit, uh, tight knit group, man. And, I, and my mom, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. Actually, I was um, working out for training camp with Denver, and I was riding back. I was staying with Kenyon and we were riding back Um, and my mom called me and said she had got diagnosed with cancer. So I left the next day, man. And I remember um, Kenyon called my mom, called me and uh, you know, she needed, uh, she had to have a surgery, a procedure done. And Kenyon uh, paid the, paid the bill for it. I mean, it was a hefty bill. He paid it, man. So, I mean, that, that is, those are the stories that you don't hear. You know, when he was in the league, you hear, the the tough guy, the bad boy image, but I mean, he's got a heart of gold. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a good, he's a great human being. man.
0: Wow. That's a remarkable story. And you see from outside looking in how much of a leader he was in terms of just the energy he brought day in, day out. But it sounds like even behind the scenes, it went beyond that. You know, he was just actually just a remarkable leader for the program.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's still that way. I mean, you know, we'll call, get advice. He's actually, uh, transitioning now to do some business stuff, um, in the city and I'm helping him, um, with some of that stuff. So there'll be some announcements coming soon with some of that stuff. But, um, he just, <clears throat> he's just a remarkable guy. I mean, he's, he's got a heart of gold. I mean, he's, you know, the market, you know, will tell you the same thing. I mean, he's, he's he, if he, if he gets along with you and you need anything and he can do it, he'll, he'll be there for you. And he's always been that way.
0: Well, I know he didn't seem thrilled with how the process played out for hiring John Brandon. Um, you know, inven- eventually, I'd, we'd love to ask him the question ourselves. But is he is he still on board with UC? Is he still? I'm, you know, I'm sure yeah. he's still bought in. But I, I know that he he wanted to see Nick Van Exel get a closer look. Um, and John Brand is not necessarily yeah. the biggest name, but it is. I, I'm curious if he's still uh, he's still on board with us. I imagine.
2: Yeah, so I can um I, I can I can speak a little bit to what happened to that, um, you know, and I'll just speak candidly, right? So you know, there are a lot of people have moved on. So I can uh, kind of talk a little bit. So um, my birthday is April 9th. I was in Florida. I was in Florida um, and I was at dinner. I get a call and the call was from Coach Huggins. Coach Huggins says, hey, Lenny, um, I need you to make a few calls to some folks at the university. Um, you know, Frank Martin was being looked at for the coaching position. Um, but there was some baggage that happened and that deal got pulled. Um, the deal kind of got pulled. So they were looking at some backup alternative situations for that. And it wound up being that Nick's name was being mentioned um, along with Andy Kennedy, um, was what was being said, which was being thrown out there. So it wasn't Nick as the head coach, it was more of potentially AK with Nick as an assistant, was gotcha. um, what was being thrown out. Um, and it just wasn't received um, well because I think by that time, Brendan had become engaged and the process has started. Um, so I think that at that point, folks wanted Nick to get a, a look as an assistant. I don't think anyone wanted anyone was jockeying for Nick to be the head coach. It was more about the process of him potentially being an assistant, but I think what's the fair shake that everyone didn't really appreciate was that no one even reached out to Nick to say, Hey, we'll give you an interview or we'll give you a look um, based upon his history and legacy with the university. I think that's where a lot of the disappointment came from was that he didn't even receive an interview or a phone call um, that will lead to an interview. And I think a lot of guys took that as like, wow, you know, this is Nick Van Exel. He's in, he's coaching now. He's, he's been a coach. Um, you know, he should at least have, you know, some form of a conversation about it with the uh, with the higher-ups. But I think that was where <clears throat> a lot of the disappointment, no one really, you know, no one was upset with, with Brennan with the higher or anything like that. You know, we're all supportive of him. I think it was more the process um, and how it played out with Nick more than, uh, more than anything. I think a lot of people got that misconstrued where it was like a lot of the former guys are angry about, <clears throat> or disgruntled about the uh, the hire, and that wasn't the case. We, you know, we support Brennan. We love Brennan. We love the job he's doing, and we knew, you know, he was going to be what he, he's becoming, right? But I think it was more. A, a lot of guys were disappointed more with the process um, than anything else. It
0: goes back to what we talked about earlier. The just the little things, the communication and the engagement with the alumni. Just seeing it from the administration goes a long way, rather than uh, rather than lack thereof.
2: Correct. And I think, um, you know, with, with those great universities, right, you build a rapport, right? Because what happens is, you know, you've, you've got former guys, you know, and if you look, you got Steve Logan's living in Columbus, Kenny Satterfield's living in Columbus, and you got guys all across the board who would love to be living in Cincinnati, but it just, you know, you know, we've got to do a better job of cultivating our former student athletes, right? Because what happens is, is those guys wind up getting good jobs within the city. They wind up staying. They wind up being your donor base. You know, there's a lot that ties into it when you go to these other universities that um, I think we need to take a look and, and, and you know, do a better job um, with. And I think, you know, I think Mike Bone was on board with it. Uh, Mike did a really good job. I think he left the program in a greater state than when he arrived. And we're all appreciative of that. He did some really good, job with the hiring of some of the coaches um not only with you know with with the bigger sports with some of the uh the uh, olympic sports i mean they've they've done well under his um under his guidance so you know hopefully um our new ad can continue to feed off that um and, and push but i think uh you know i think he did a great job while while he was there um, and i think you know it's a work in progress man so i think we've got to do a better job of kind of cultivating um things with the former student-athletes and keeping those guys and keeping us engaged so that we can continue to help um, build, donate, and do everything we need to do for um, for the program. Because, you know, like we said earlier, you know, we, we're all fans now. We're former student-athletes, but we're fans now. We love the university. Uh, we love the program. And, you know, we always want to be engaged with uh, with that.
0: Love to hear it. Well, Leonard, you've been incredibly gracious with your time. I want to give Hummer a chance here to ask any parting one, shots. one more. Any parting shots okay. he's got here. <laughs>
2: Hey man, he's in Philly, man. So I know it's a tough one coming, man. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> oh, so we had we had Demar Johnson on uh, earlier earlier in the season, and one of the questions we asked him is is if this rumor was true that he was making beats with Kevin Durant. And I know you mentioned he you said you're going out to LA, and he he actually came out and and it uh, said that yes, it's true. To an extremely yeah, roundabout way. It's
2: <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's true. It's definitely true.
1: Were you ever involved with any of those beats?
2: No. Listen, man. So, first of all, I was a guy who would look at these guys like, what in the hell are you guys doing, man? So, have you guys looked at these rap videos with Demar? Have you guys YouTube this stuff?
0: Wait, rap videos?
2: (laughs) Boss Slim. B-O-S-S Slim was his rap name. You guys didn't see. We're in. You got to get. You got to get Demar back on the show, man. This is what I'm saying. This is this is this is insider information, man. Demar's my brother. Love him to death, man. So Demar was he can actually Demar can actually rap, right? He he's a good rapper, right? So you got to put him on the spot next time and tell him, you know, you need a rap when he's on the show. But he'll we're all in a group chat together, and he will do a Friday freestyle. He'll just rap with the beat and put it in the in the group in the group chat and challenge everyone else to make a better. So and I'm just like these. I don't have the time to uh you know to 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 write these raps and do this stuff, man. But he's a uh, if you YouTube it, Boss Slim is his rap name. He's got a he's got a couple music videos. Um Kenyon starred in one of them. Um I was actually there for one of them. They got Ferraris, everything. Kenyon's got his, his his arsenal of vehicles lined up. They're throwing money on the ground. I mean, this is uh this is good stuff. This is good ammo for the next time you have him on the show. Wow. I will
0: definitely. So I was be... never
2: I was never involved with uh with any with any of that stuff man. I just sat back and I would I would be the guy to say to these guys, "What the hell are you guys? You guys crazy man? But that's what happens when you got, you know, 24, 25, 26-year-old guys with millions of dollars, right? They have and they have nothing but time on their hands, man. They find a way to be mischievous, man.
0: That was so much better than I could have possibly imagined. <laughs> Yeah man. Well we do we like, gotta
2: make sure DJ, we gotta make sure Demar listens to the to the podcast. I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna say, Hey, I spilled the beans on you, man. You gotta tune in, man. You gotta yeah, tune in. You're gonna funny, have to yeah. give him a heads
0: up because i I'm going to make sure he's he's aware of what just happened because uh he was not as uh forthcoming with regard to how involved in it, was, in, yeah. in production it, and rapping questions. he was. Yeah, we, when
2: you when you get when you get off when you get off, you gotta text him and say, Hey man, I'm looking at these ball slim videos. That'll be that'll be classic. <laughs>
1: We found them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Ugh. Well, Leonard, that's, yeah, that's a great, uh,
0: a great kind of final note here. I did. We do always leave our our interviews with three final parting shots related specifically to Cincinnati. Knowing that most players who come through the Cincinnati basketball program aren't from here. In your case, mm-hmm. you're from Buffalo, New York. So we have some Cincinnati-based questions we want to ask you. These are hard hitters. Uh, okay. Here you come. Skyline or Gold Star. Skyline. Boom. That's the right answer. (laughs) That's the only answer. That's the only answer. That's the only answer. The The next
2: question. Sorry, Gold Star. Sorry, Gold Star.
0: (laughs) Gold Star will not be sponsoring this program. Uh, The next question. Your favorite bar in Clifton?
2: Uh, In my younger day, it's the only... Uncle Woody's in my younger day. Um, But now... Um, still a little Uncle Woody's. When we, when we peruse through uh, Clifton like for homecoming, we, we'll stop at Uncle Woody's. But uh, Keystone, is, Keystone is good, too. Keystone now um, with the four EG guys, they, they do a good job. Um, so we stop there usually before football games. Um, now that we're adults, um, but we do stop at Uncle Woody's every now and then to have a, a celebratory drink. Uh, but Uncle Woody's in younger days, um, and then now uh, Keystone.
0: Good answers, very good answers. And then finally, um, I may have to actually tweak this question in the future. I'm going to start by saying, your favorite grader's flavor of ice cream,
2: black raspberry chip. Man, <laughs> is there any other? Man. They, I, listen, I walk in that place, I got it. Listen, I've got a freezer upstairs with like three gallons of that ice cream in it, man. So yeah.
0: black raspberry chip. Ball. I'm team black raspberry chip as well. Oh man, one thousand percent, man. When, 1, we asked, uh,
1: when we asked uh dj that question you know what he said
0: i've never had graders what he
1: didn't yeah dj's D. D. Yeah, D. not uh dj's not i mean it,
2: <laughs> i've been here a lot longer than dj man dj dj was one and done first of all so a lot of the culture of cincinnati he's just now getting acclimated with um but he's uh he's a uh, yeah, I got, I'll, I'll get them. I'll get them in Graders, man. I'll, I'll get them the black, the black, black raspberry chip. So when I'm in Columbus, they got a place up there called Jenny, yes, an ice cream place. But I'm, I'm, I'm a. I think Graders is a is is a lot. Jenny's is expensive too, and they don't have the black raspberry chip. Um, they have this caramel sea salt that's pretty good, but I, I love the uh, Graders uh, raspberry black raspberry chip. That is my favorite ice cream. Um, cookies and cream is is a close second. Cause that's universal, you can get that anywhere, but the greatest black raspberry chip is uh is number one.
0: You are a true Cincinnatian at this point, and uh, I'm certainly proud to call you that, Leonard. Appreciate, appreciate your time, that, sir. Man. Um, any any last words of wisdom for the UC fan base uh as you hop off the podcast here? You were a tremendous guest. Yeah, just um,
2: you know, be patient. Uh coach is doing a great job, great staff. Um, you know, we've got a new ADN. Um, so I think we're gonna push. Uh, make a good run uh, football's doing doing extremely well, so I think good things to come here for the future. I think we've got some really good hires um and you know looking forward to the future um of the u c athletics good good things exciting things um and you know just you know just be be a little patient on the basketball side, but I think we'll get there um we'll get there uh pretty quickly, man so you know fortunate. To be embraced, you know, my love is for the city. My love is for our fan base. And, you know, 20 years later to, you know, to be embraced. I mean, I'm walking through Nordstrom when I saw you, man, and you just, hey, Stokes, I mean, you know, you get that everywhere. um, And it's just amazing, you know, to be 20 years removed and to still have our fan base recognize and appreciate the things that we've done. So from our side, back to you guys and back to the fans, you know, we appreciate the love and support um, as always, I think we've got, you know, one of the greatest fan bases in, in college sports. Um, so continue to cheer and root, um, and we're appreciative, like you guys are of us. We are the same way um, of all of you guys, man. So.
0: Hey, I appreciate you putting that out there. Um, when you're the little podcast that could, the way you get guests is when you're walking through Nordstrom with your son asleep on your shoulder. What do you do? You Definitely. stop You stop. Leonard <laughs> Stokes and ask him what he thought about the Tennessee game. <laughs>
2: And it worked, man. So, again, man, we're all we're all in the same boat together, man. We're all you see and through, man. So, anything you know, I can do to help or push along the podcast, man. Um,
0: you got my number.
2: Feel free to reach out, man, and uh, and go cats.
0: Go Bearcats. Thank you, Leonard. Awesome. Dave. Thanks,
2: fella.